Well, I want to pray for Harvest Church and Pastor Bill and Karen Baldwin. And let's just pray for them like we're praying for us. Let's, let's lift them up. Truly, that's actually how we're supposed to look at that because they are a part of us. And uh, love the message this morning. I was attending to some ministry, uh, a ministry issue this morning, so I couldn't be here at the class. But I was listening to the class, and it was awesome, uh, talking about the importance of the church and what it is. It was a great uh, class. If you, if you didn't hear it, definitely it'd be good to go back and listen to. So uh, right now, let's just lift up Harvest because, you know what, they are a part of us as well. And they have been a blessing to us. Uh, Pastor Bill and Karen has been a blessing to us. And let's just lift them up. So, Father, right now we lift up Harvest Church. We just lift up all of the leadership and all of the ministers there, all of the ministry, all of their volunteers. Let them be blessed in Jesus' name. Let them be filled with the fullness of God. Lord, let your wisdom fall on them. And let every attack of the enemy come to nothing. Let everything that the enemy is up to come to nothing. And Lord, we praise you for it. We thank you for it. And we just thank you. We just plead the blood of Jesus over the members, over the attenders. Lord, and let the people that are supposed to be there come now from the north, south, east, and west. Lord, let them be in their place at Harvest Church and let the knowledge, the spirit of wisdom, knowledge, and understanding rise up in that body like they've never seen before and let your anointing be produced and manifest your freedom, Jesus, your freedom in the people and in the ministry. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So uh, let's go ahead and turn to uh, Revelation chapter 3. And I think, I think that today is our last day on All In. I, it may or may not be. I don't know. Um, I've said that before. It doesn't always work out the way I think. Um, we'll cover that. We'll cover that, actually, in a few minutes. But uh, we've been talking about being all in. And, uh, you know, there's one thing. On, and on Wednesday nights, we've been talking about humility. And man, there's one thing, when you start talking about being all in and you start talking about humble, whoo, the devil don't like that. <laughs> and uh, he will come and try to attack and attack and attack and bring up every reason for you not to go all in, for you not to be humble. He will bring up everything. And man, I'd say since we've been in those two series, one on Wednesday and one on Sunday, Holy moly, has he poured, turned up the heat. And you know what? You shouldn't really be afraid of that. Actually, you should kind of be like, praise God. Because here's what that does. It, if the devil can find a hole in your life, right? Well, he just helped you reveal something that you needed shoring up. That's right? Right? And if you will just simply humble yourself to God and make the change, all of a sudden you'll come out the other side of this thing stronger than you ever were before. So let the devil be your resistance. You know, you go to the gym, you've got resistance. You've got weight. Use the devil. Use him. Use him. Use and abuse him. As he's offering resistance, laugh at him as God through you beats him down. That's a good thing. That's a good thing. We shouldn't be afraid of him. He's stripped of all his power. It's just a matter of making sure that you have the right attitude in it. And a lot of times the right attitude is simply knowing that you are an overcomer in Christ. That there is now, therefore, no condemnation for you if you're in Christ Jesus. So it's starting to recognize, hey, I don't care what he brings. We're going through. We're going through it. We're going to be okay. Why? Because I wouldn't be facing this if God hadn't provided a way for me to come through it. And that's 1 Corinthians 10, 13. I wouldn't be facing it if it wasn't able for me to come out in triumph. The question is, will I take Jesus by the hand? So as we've gotten into all in and talking about humility, oh my goodness, 
He doesn't like that stuff. You know why? Because it's real Christian stuff, y'all. It's like, it's like the real deal Christian stuff. It, it's actually what Jesus wanted us to be doing. But see, when we're off and we're playing church, we're not really being the church. He doesn't care if you're playing. He doesn't care. You're actually helping him. But when you start going all in for Jesus and you start humbling yourself, grace is released, the power of heaven is released, the world starts changing and he can't do anything about it. And so he tries to attack and come against. And Nicole said it's been an interesting week. It's been an interesting few weeks. Opportunities have abounded for us to trust God and love on people. They have abounded for that. But that's okay. That's what we're here for. We're here to find where the lack is and do the same thing that Jesus did. Bring provision to lack. That's what we're here for. And if it happens to come through people, praise God, now they can receive the provision. This is what humility and all in produces. It doesn't run from the fight. It engages the fight, the spiritual battle that's going on. It doesn't do it, though, in pride, like, I'm going to go take this. You know, it doesn't say how big I am. It says, hey, I'm going to do this because I'm humbling myself to what God has said. I'm coming to the fight. I'm coming to the spiritual battle engaged for Christ in all humility. I couldn't do anything if it wasn't for him, but through him, I can do all things. So there's a difference in your approach. Well, again, the devil doesn't mind if you play in church. But he sure minds when you start actually being the things that God called you to be. And this is what this message is all about. Because it breaks it down to the realities of true Christianity in following Jesus. He says this in Revelation 3. 15 and 16. I know your deeds that you are neither cold nor hot. I wish that you were cold or hot. So because you are lukewarm and neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. In other words, and and to put it into today's language, if you're not hot and on fire for God, then it's like vomit in the mouth of God. He doesn't want you cold. The worst thing you can be, though, is lukewarm. One foot in both spiritual worlds. One in the devil's and one in God's. And I'm telling you, it's that place, that lukewarm place, uh, that not only are you really helping the devil out because you're, you're claiming to be an example without actually being the example. You're claiming to be godly, but not really doing it. That's the place that the devil just has a heyday with. And here's the other thing about that place. Personally, for you, if you're ever in that place, man, the devil will just beat your brains in. Why? Because he knows the legalities. And he knows when you're operating in that place, he's got some rights to your life. You're giving them to him by being lukewarm. So God's not just saying, I don't want you to help the devil out. He's saying, I don't want you to be in that position as well. And he's saying, look, be warm. I'd rather you be hot or cold than lukewarm. But what he's really telling you is, be hot for God. Be all in for God. Now, if you hadn't heard the rest of this series, please. This is a very important series. Very, very important. You can tell the importance by the number of attacks. (laughs) You can tell it. The devil's taking it a lot more serious maybe than we have been. Does that make sense? But he doesn't have a leg to stand on if you don't give it to him. But he's been taking it serious. How many people have really questioned what they're doing or been attacked in major ways since we've been in this series? Yep, everybody practically. The ones who didn't raise their hand were nodding. (laughs) Why? Why would he do that? 
Because he don't want you getting the revelation of what this does. He doesn't want you being empowered to step into all in. So this morning, we're going to talk about how do we go into all in? How do we do it? How do we get there? We talked about what it is. We talked about what it produces. But today, we're just talking about how do we do it? How do we go all in? And, and as we get into that, this is a question. Here is the question for today. I want you to, I want you to remember this question. You know, I want you to think about this question. I want you to review it. I want this question to pop up in your brain. When you are facing a decision, I, I want you to hear either my voice or the Holy Spirit's voice asking this question. Are you living for yourself or Jesus? Why am I doing this thing? Why am I doing this work? Why am I playing this? Is it for me or is it for Jesus? What's the real roots? And why am I really doing this? Why are you doing it? Why is this even a question to you? Why is this a thought that keeps coming back? Am I living for myself or am I living for Jesus? We should really, our, our job as Christians is to judge ourselves so that we're not judged. In other words, if we will judge ourselves by asking ourselves this question in everything that we do, we will find that there was a lot more that we were doing for ourselves than we were for God. And that's what's holding us out of all in. That's what's holding us from being productive in the things of God. That's what's holding the kingdom of God back from growing like it's supposed to because the answer to that question has been ourselves more than it has been Jesus. Now, look, your intentions to make the answer Jesus counts for nothing. Those intentions count for nothing. You can say all day long, I'm living for Jesus, but if in reality, in the heart of God, he looked into your heart and saw that you probably weren't as much as you thought you were you can say all day and you can even think i'm living for jesus but if god when he examines you looks into you and says no you're living for yourself well see we need to see with the eyes of god we need to filter it through the scripture the washing of the water of the word and look into our lives and ask ourselves that question and really come up with a heartfelt true answer that has revelation from heaven who am I doing this for? Myself or God? This is what all ends all about. What really is my motivation? What's my motivation? You know, you can, do you know you can even have, you can be sitting here this morning and have bad motivations even for being here. <laughs> That's happened for centuries in the church. What are my motivations? It doesn't matter that you're doing a good thing. What's your motivation behind it? Is it really living for you or is it living for him? And as we go into, I just want to look at some statements in the Bible real quick. And I really don't want you to flip there. I just want you to listen to this part right here. Just listen to what I'm saying. The scriptures are on your notes, on your handout. All the scriptures are not out. If you want to go to boomerangchurch.org slash notes, all the full notes are there. You're welcome to pull those up at any time. All right, so listen to this. Listen to these statements, and most of them are made by Jesus. Ephesians 4.22, lay aside the old self. Galatians 5.24, now those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Luke 9.18 through 27, we're just going to read a couple of the verses. Deny yourself and take up your cross daily and follow me. For whoever wishes to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake, he is the one who will save it. For what is a man profited if he gains the whole world and loses or forfeits himself? Amen. Matthew 16, 
22 through 24, Peter took him aside, took Jesus aside and began to rebuke him saying, God forbid it because he said he was going to be crucified. Jesus said, and Peter said, God forbid it, Lord, this shall never happen to you. But he turned and said to, to Peter, get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me for you are not setting your mind on God's interests, but man's. In other words, you're not doing this for God's point, you know, purposes. You're doing it for yours. You're even thinking, and now you're speaking out of your own motivations. It's for yourself. Even though it sounded good, no, Jesus, don't die. No, Jesus, you'll never die. And, and, and Jesus rebukes him and says, you're saying these things because you want it, not because God wants it. You are a stumbling block to me, for you are setting your mind on God's not uh, you are not setting your mind on God's interest, but man's. Then Jesus said to his disciples, If anyone wishes to come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever wishes to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his soul? Or for what will a man give in exchange for his soul? Mark eight thirty four. Uh, you notice these are all different scripture references. And he summoned the crowd with his disciples and said to them, If anyone wishes to come after me, he must deny himself. And take up his cross and follow me. For whoever wishes to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospels will save it. For what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and forfeit his soul? John twelve twenty four. Truly, truly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. He who loves his life loses it. And he who hates his life in this world will keep it to life eternal. If anyone serves me, he must follow me. And where I am, there my servant will be also. If anyone serves me, the Father will honor him. This language repeats itself over and over and over and over off of the lips of Jesus throughout the whole gospel, throughout the whole Old and New Testament. This language repeats itself over and over and over again. And so many times we want to hear, God's going to prosper me, he's going to heal me, and he is, and that is the good news. But as a disciple of Christ, if that's all he wanted preach why didn't jesus stop with that but he carried on and said you got to lose your life you got to deny yourself you got to crucify the flesh you got to pick up your cross daily and follow me and he didn't just say it once he said it over and over and over and over again and see what may have attracted us to to Jesus in the first place was the fact that he can save us but what should attract people to Jesus through us is the fact that we're following his example that we didn't stop just with salvation. We, we weighed what he did. We weighed the price that he paid and the price that he bought us with and we said, it's worthy. I don't have to, but I follow him by saying, my life is worthy to give for him like he said his life is worthy to give for us. This kind of thinking advances the kingdom of God. So the question remains. Here's the question. Am I living for myself or for Jesus? What's my motivations? This is what all in is. Who are you living for? You know, we, we talked about it, but a lot of times, see, we can sit here on Sunday morning when we get in this group and there's this accountability and everybody wants to talk holy. But the question is, when you leave this place and you're sitting alone and you're having your own thoughts, then who are you living for? I mean, we can amen hallelujah in here, but we're not just talking this, you know, this wasn't just when you meet together that it was true. It's true all throughout the week. 
What's your motivations there? Who am I living for? You see, and, and here's, the, here's the thing. In the middle of that, you know, we're, we want to hear about the healing and the salvation and, and the provision and, the, and uh, the deliverance that Jesus brings. And he does. And it's awesome. And let the love of him lead you to repentance. Let the goodness of God lead you to change. But he tells us that the change comes when we turn around and in love offer ourselves. He says, if you love your life, you'll lose it. But if you'll give your life, you will gain it. In other words, the salvation that you're after comes as a result. It's, it's already determined by the heart of God to be the salvation that you're after is determined by the heart and the ways of God to be a fruit of you going all in. The answers that you're looking for, the, the answers are in being all in. The answers are in living for Christ, letting him make the decisions. Man, I don't, and I hope y'all can feel the Holy Spirit on this because it is all over it. This is not teaching this morning, we're preaching. Amen. You can hallelujah, it's good. It won't scare me. Well, the first time might if you've been quiet for a long time. I'm just, but it, it'll be okay. I'll get over it. I'd rather, you ha- I'd rather have that. Why? Because you're engaging. You know, we're not just listening. We're taking action on it. Amen. Yes, Lord, I receive that. I receive it. We've got to be the kind of people that find our life by crucifying the flesh, by going all in. And we've got to kind of be the kind of people whose light shines because we've gone all in. Without that, we're just another organization. Without going all in, we're just another organization. There's no ongoing life being generated effectively, without that, without being all in, effectively, we are impotent as a body. We're not producing life. We're just sucking up the life that Jesus paid for instead of taking the freedom that he gave us and planting it again and sowing it again. Who did... Thank you, Lord, for this message. I need this myself. The question, am I living for myself or Jesus? As we go, if you look at your notes, I said how to go all in. And if you'll follow this, I'm giving you, I gave some scriptures there. And I laid out the points directly, uh, you know, one point after the other there in a bulleted list. But you can see that they come straight from this scripture here. I'm going to give you the scriptural ways to do this. In 1 Corinthians 3, this is the very first thing, uh, very first thing after a decision. The first thing is you have to decide. Do I want to go all in? Because if you don't even know if you want to go all in, you're not going to do it. Because all in is a decision. All in is a commitment. It's not just a, oh, whoops, I fell, I'm all in. You don't just fall into it. Oh, excuse me, I did, all of a sudden I just went across the timeline. I'm all in. How, thank you, Jesus. No, that that's, doesn't take love. All in is a choice, and it's a commitment. You know, a lot of people today, they're not all in in their marriage. That's why divorce is so rampant, because it's a choice and a commitment, and they fall in, fall in love. Oops, look, oh, I'm in love, hallelujah. You know, look, thank you, Jesus. And then, you know, they don't, they don't, aren't committed. They aren't committed to unconditional giving. And all of a sudden they (laughs) fall out of love. You know, how you go into something is how you come out of it as well. If you go in and just fell in love all of a sudden quickly, then you you can fall out of love just as quickly. But if I search my heart and I make a true and a real decision, a choice and a commitment, 
Oh, it's going to take some kind of something to get me to change that. So the effort with which you go in is the effort that it takes you to go out. Well, the question is, are you going to allow the devil to pull you out of all in? Or are you going to, before you even start, say, I know what I'm doing. You examine it. Number one is this in 1 Corinthians 3.23. It's this, know whose you are. Know whose you are. In 1 Corinthians 3.23 it says, if you're going to go all in, this is, this is the number one thing after you make the choice and commitment to go all in. Number one thing, know, it says, and you belong to Christ. And Christ belongs to God. See, most people aren't all in because they don't know whose they are. They don't see what they do is they say, this life that I'm living, it's mine. I get to make the choices. And what they're saying is, this verse is not true. I know more than God. That's pride. And that's why they're not all in. And they can think they're all in because they say it with their mouth and they go to church every time the doors are open. That, who cares? There have been people going, if, if people, if only going to church, church is incredibly important because, I, I'll put it like this, church is one of the easiest things for you to do to grow in Christ and have accountability and spiritual family around. It's so easy. A lot of times what people need to come out of their, out of their stuff is they just need growth and accountability. And they need that family atmosphere. And that's why church is so easy. And that's why we recommend it to everybody. But church in itself is not the Savior. It's just a part of God's way. It's a part of God's order. But here's the thing. if going, There have been people going to church for centuries. Bunches of them. If that was going to save the world, it would have done, did it? But it ain't. So everybody... North of here and south of here and east and west, I know that you may not have understood what I just said, but everybody here in the south, they got it, okay? All right, just pointing that out. So, whose are you? Whose are you? If I'm Christ and I really humble myself to that, I realize in love, I've already given my choices and my options to him. I leave myself no options or choices. They all need to generate from his heart. That's who I am. If I belong to Christ, then who I am is whatever he says I need to do. That's all in. Number two, let's turn to Luke chapter 14. Number two is deny the flesh nature. Put it down. You've got to deny the flesh. Luke 4.25 says this. A large crowd was following Jesus. He turned around and said to them, If you want to be my disciple, you must hate everyone else by comparison. Your father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, even your own life. Otherwise, you cannot be my disciple. Now, you've had some people that have taken this in the New American Standard, which is word for word. It says you must hate your father and mother. And they've taken that out of the context of what he said. He also said, honor your father and mother. You know, this is one of the greatest commandments with promise, right? So, in other words, if it just meant that directly, then the Bible would be out of whack. The Bible's not out of whack. There's a context to this. It's saying you can't love your spouse. You can't love your father. You can't love your mother, your children. You can't love your life more than you love me. And I like how the New Living says, by comparison, I need to be at such a high priority that, it, that by comparison it looks like you hate these other things. We've got to deny that part of ourselves. You know, there's people that make spiritual decisions all their life, and it's all based off of their husband, their children, and everything else. And when they get to heaven, they're going to have a rude awakening when God says, what decisions did you make for me? Yeah. Yeah. 
And then he says this, whose are you? Yours or mine? That's our opening. And he says, if you don't do these things, you can't be my disciple. And see, this is a good question. Christians need to come to this place and say, do I really want to be his disciple? He even talks about it a little bit later on. Do you want to be? And you know what? Some people don't. They need to. Everybody, if you realize who God is and the character and nature, being his disciple is the very best place that, that you can be. It has great benefits. It's awesome. In this life, on this earth, though, you're going to have persecution for it. And part of that persecution is telling your own flesh, no. And saying, no, you can't run me. You can't rule me. God rules me. I'm his. You're going to have to do that. You're going to have to say, no, flesh, you can't have that. By comparison, we got to hate those things. We have to deny his flesh. Or else you cannot be his disciple. You cannot be a person that's disciplined after Christ that is more concerned about you, your things, your family, than you are God. You get concerned about the things of God and all that stuff will be handled. That's the part where you're missing it is because you truly don't trust God. You think you need to handle that stuff first and a lot of people think that's honoring God. No, honor God first and that's honoring your family. That's how you get the best. He says this in verse 27, and if you do not carry your own cross and follow me, you cannot be my disciple. You can't be it. Jesus must be your first priority. He must be. Remember the question. Why am I doing this? This will help you come to that. Why am I doing this? Am I living? Am I making this decision? Am I thinking this way? Am I doing this thing for me? Or am I doing it for Jesus? See, a lot of times we're just moving through life. We're just doing what we've always done and what the world has taught us, not Christ. And you know what? There's a bunch of stuff in probably all of us that the church has taught us, but it wasn't Christ either. So we've got to review and go back and say, why is this here? What am I living for? Why am I making these choices? This is all in. He says here, But don't begin until you count the cost. For who would begin construction of a building without first calculating the cost to see if there's enough money to finish it? Who would would do that? So in other words, going all in is not something that you should just jump into. Going all in is something where you should sit back and say, what is this going to cost me? What's this going to take? And the answer is everything. Willing to give it all in a heartbeat. And you got to decide, if I'm going to be the disciple of Christ, that's got to be worth it. But I can't just say it out of my head. It's got to be in my heart. I've got to have resolve on this thing. I'm willing to do whatever he asked me to do even if it means giving my life for him, literally. Am I willing to do that? And when you get down to it and you boil it down, I I can't tell you the number of people that I've been sitting in front of counseling and yes, oh yes, pastor, I'm all in. Oh yes, I'm a disciple of Christ. Oh yes, I love Jesus. Then why are you doing this? Well, you know, And a lot of times it's, well, I, I, you know, I believe God told me this. Really? Well, that doesn't line up with what it says in the scripture that he would tell you to do. So was that God or was that you? Amen. Yeah. Amen. Who are you hearing? Are you hearing you or are you hearing God? And see, there's a lot of times where his nature is totally different than what people are saying that you know, he's telling them to do. 
And it comes from now they're going out there saying something that's God that's absolutely contrary. Well, what does that do? That completely takes the kingdom of God backwards. And it comes from them not denying their own flesh and not actually putting down the things that they think are the right things to do. We have to be content. Remember in 1 Timothy? We have to be content. With food and covering and nothing else. As a Christian, this is, this is being real Christian here. I'm content with it. That means if God gave, asked you for anything over food and covering, you, your immediate answer is, it's yours. It can be your work. It can be family members. It can be your friends. It can be movies, games. Fun times, comfort. It can be any of that. And God's not just trying to take away everything that's fun. Actually, He is very joyful and very fun. The question is, do you have fun or does fun have you? That's the thing. Do you have fun or does fun have you? A lot of times, most of the time in our lives, fun has had us. A lot of times we'll call these things good and godly, but really what it is is I want to do it. Not God wants me to do it. I want to do it. Even ministry. You know, there's a bunch of ministers in pulpits all over the world that wanted to be in the pulpit. But God never said that. God never said it. And if he didn't say it, here's the issue. Here's the problem. They're out of place. They're not anointed for the place that they have put themselves in. Well, you can be doing good things in your life and think that it was God. I'm kind of getting ahead of myself here, but... Don't begin until you count the cost. Who would begin construction of a building without first calculating the cost to see if there's enough money to finish it? Otherwise, you might complete only the foundation before running out of money, and then everyone would laugh at you. Now, see, here's the thing. Have you ever made a decision? Man, that day the Holy Spirit was moving on you, and you went forward, and you proclaimed God and everybody was shouting and praising God and hallelujah and all of a sudden you know two hours later or or two months later or two years you are not that same holy person that walked the aisle that day and see in the moment You were like, yes, I want to go for God. And that's good. That's good. But if you don't count the cost of what you're doing of being a disciple of Christ, what's going to happen is you're going to go on down life's road and all of a sudden you're going to hit something that you really don't want to give up. And all of a sudden, life has you. You don't have life. And then you're embarrassed. You don't even want to go to church. You don't want to be around people because you're embarrassed because you didn't count the cost of what it would take to build the building called All In. And then you're embarrassed. Now, what's right? If you ever find yourself in that position, what's right to do there? Just go back. Everybody falls down. The devil would tell you you're the only one. But it's not true. (laughs) Everybody falls down. Just go back. You're not going to get help away from the body that God has ordained to be anointed to help you. Just just humble yourself and realize you didn't count the cost that time. But now, count the cost. I want to be his disciple. I'm willing to do whatever it takes. I'm his. His choices is who I am, not my choices. Then they would laugh at you. They would say, there's the person who started that building and couldn't afford to finish it. Or what king would go to war against another king without first sitting down with his counselors to discuss whether his army of 10,000 could defeat the 20,000 soldiers marching against him? 
And if he can't, he will send a delegation to discuss terms of peace while the enemy is still far away. Now what that's saying is this. When you sit down to calculate out, am I going all in? Do I want to go all in? Can I? This is an important question. Can I, a person with corrupted flesh, go all in? See, the answer without God is no. You can't. And that's a lot of people's problem. They walk the aisle, they had that holy moment, but they get there and all of a sudden they realize down the road, sometimes two hours, sometimes two weeks, sometimes two years, they get down the road, I can't do this without God. And the decision that they made that day all involved them. They didn't realize that I can't do this alone. I can't make the same kind of choices by myself. I've got to have his input. In other words, I've got to send a delegation of my heart to the king that will back me up. Because there's a force out there, the devil and his demons, all of the corrupted flesh and the corrupted world, and they're coming against you with more than you possess. Unless you seek Jesus. You send a delegation by prayer to the Lord and say, Lord, I need your help. I need to hear from you. You send a delegation of time into the Word and find out what He says on how to be all in, on how to overcome this, on how to be more than a conqueror. You send a delegation, you find Him and say, this is how I do it. And then you will find that by taking His hand, I give Thanks unto God who always leads me to triumph. He always leads me to a house that's built not on my resources, but his. So you cannot become my disciple without giving up everything you own. Did you hear that? Let me just repeat that in case that went by you really fast. So you cannot become my disciple without giving up everything you own. Now, does that mean emptying your bank account? Well, no, not necessarily. It means giving up who you think you are. Am I doing these things? It goes back to the question, am I doing these things for God or am I doing them for myself? I've got to be willing to give it up. And the bank account, too, if he says that. I've got to be willing to give it up. Salt is good for seasoning, but if it loses its flavor, how do you make it salty again? Flavorless salt is good neither for the soil nor for the manure pile. It is thrown away. Anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. In other words, what he just said to you is, if you don't go all in and you're not willing to give up everything, you have no preserving power And what he's saying is, there's no good actually in you. You're taking up space in a bottle, but it has no power to it. It has no preserving power on this earth. Without going all in, we're just taking up space. All right, moving on. Praise God. Yeah, Ephesians 4.20. It's real, isn't it? It gets you to the place. That's one thing about the preaching here at Boomerang. It's going to take you to the place where the realities of heaven are going to meet you. And then you have to make a decision. That's what the gospel does. It presents heaven's realities good to you, bad to your flesh. And it says choose. Yes, and those choices are the acts of love that produce heaven on earth. That's why those choices are so important. That's why the devil hates them, and it's why you should love them. Because you realize when I make the hard choice against my flesh, I deny my flesh, I take up my cross, and I do those things, the kingdom is advanced. My Lord... And the things he loves is advanced. And he's worth it. 
Ooh, there's a message. Yes, sir. Ephesians 4.20. It's talking about some bad stuff. It says, but that isn't what you learned about Christ. In other words, you've got to always go back and look at Christ and what you've learned about him. Since you have heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from him, throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Throw it off. Put it away. See, what you don't realize is all that quote-unquote fun that you had up until you know, knew Jesus, it was full of corruption. It was full of lust and deceit. It was full of stuff that felt good for a season, but it's not. It's death. It is. But Jesus has life for you. Again, I will repeat, I've never had anything that the Lord has asked me for that he didn't come back in time and give me something better because the devil is a counterfeiter. He always, the things that you quote-unquote have fun in the world with, they're always a counterfeit of the real. The real things of God. And when you operate in the real things of God, you'll find they are so much more fun. There's so much more life. There's not the hangover. There's not the, the condemnation. There's not the feeling bad. It's nothing but the glory of God and His grace poured out on us. Right. It's awesome. Throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and your attitudes. This is all in. Let them renew. You've got to renew your thoughts. Put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. Ephesians 5, it carries on in the next chapter. Im imitate God. Therefore, in everything you do, because you are His dear children. Amen. You're His children. Imitate Him. You know, some of the most glorious times as a daddy is when my kids start doing and saying things I do. What if we put on God like that? As a humble child, a faithful child that saw the good things of God and said, let me do things like daddy. Amen. You know how happy that would make daddy's heart? Yeah. Imitate God. Live a life filled with love following the example of Christ. He loved us and offered himself as a sacrifice for us, a pleasing aroma to God. Here's the thing. It always comes back to that question. Why am I doing what I'm doing? Am I doing this for myself or am I doing it for God? Am I doing it for myself or am I doing it for God? Am I doing it for myself or am I doing it for God? It always comes back to following the example that Christ gave us. Am I doing it? He only did things he saw the Father do. And he only said the things he heard the Father say. Yeah. Here's the list, uh, the bullet points. Make a real and committed decision to go all in. Know whose you are. Deny the flesh nature. Put it down. Now listen, this list... I know we're running over them fast, but you really need to go re read through and on every point, meditate on it. Understand what this means to you. Put it in place in your life. Jesus must be your first priority. Remember the question, am I doing this for myself or am I doing it for God? Be content. Think of others more than yourself. Help bear their burdens. Think of others more than yourself. 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 Think of others more than... You realize that's actually scripture. <laughs> Think of... It's not just a good idea. It's scripture. It's the heart of God. Think of others more than yourself. That'll help you clear up right there. Is this Jesus or me? Think of others more than yourself. Do the work of the ministry. 
You know, there was, there was a scripture in here that says, hey, he started building. The point wasn't that he shouldn't build. The point was he should build. Do the work. Yeah. It was just that he counted the cost before he started building. The point there is also do the work of the ministry. Do the work of service. When I ask for volunteers, here's what we should have in this church. We should have everybody that's come more than four or five times and they're coming on a regular basis should be a volunteer in some way. And the only people that didn't raise their hand when I asked who was a volunteer are the ones that were brand new people. But everybody can volunteer in some way. Do the work of the ministry. That's all in. Discipline yourself after Jesus. Follow his pattern and character. Count the cost. Where's my heart? Remember the question, why am I doing this? Is it me? Is it for me or for him? Seek the Lord for help to go all in and to stay all in. Be willing to give up anything and everything. Be willing. You see, what will happen in this kind of message and when the Holy Spirit starts drawing you to this is immediately the Holy Spirit is going to try and get you to plant the seed that you're hearing for good. And he's going to say, I want you to give me this. Give me that habit. Come on, come on. Give it to me. Come on. I know you don't want to let go. Come on, come on, come on. Come on. Give it to me. I know your flesh is pulling back on you. Give me the habit. Stop thinking that way. Stop doing that thing. Or do this. Give me the habit of not doing. Right? That's a habit as well. Go all in. Be willing to give up anything and everything. Remember how Christ acted and who you are in Him. Reject your old ways. Reject the old ways. What was fun about your old ways? It was not really fun. Remember the question. Why am I doing this? I can tell you when I would fall back into problems and fall back into the temptations of the youthful lust and youthful flesh, here's what I was doing. The reason I was doing that is because I wanted to have fun. I wanted to feel like I felt before. And so the answer to the question was, why am I doing this? Is it for myself or for him? It was myself. Yeah. It was me. Yeah. Me, 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 me. Yeah. Joyce Meyer does that thing called the robot where the flesh is, you know, what about me? What about me? What about me? Right? That's what the flesh is doing all the time. What about me? What about me? What? You find, it, this is something the Lord showed me years ago. When I get angry with people and I get upset with people, you know what it is? Because they're coming against something about me. That's why I'm angry at. And if you go back and you look at it every time, that's why I'm angry, generally. What about me? What about me? What about me? They have interrupted my plan. They have interrupted things about me and if you'll follow that back there's only just a very 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 few things that are actually a righteous anger but boy we want to attribute it to everything well you're interrupting my plan and my vision for the Lord I've felt that before and people have done that before truthfully done that but a lot of times it's mingled with they're interrupting the Lord but they're also interrupting my plan it's me. Renew your mind to the character and nature of God. Put on the new nature. Don't just renew your mind, but actually do the things. Put it on. Put on the nature of Christ. Imitate God in everything you do. Live love. Live it. And follow Jesus and his example. You do these things, you're all in. And it's not really a complicated list. It really is making the answer to the question, Jesus. Who am I doing this? Why am I doing this? Jesus. Why am I thinking this? Jesus. Why do I want to do this? Jesus. It's a flashback to the Apostle movie if you hadn't seen that. 
Why? We've got to make the answer to the question always Jesus. Amen. And here's some tips as we finish up. These are just tips for me. I can tell you these are based on scripture. But if you'll read these and remember these, it'll help you. These are some tips from Brian. Use God's systems in order. God set up and established some things to work in a certain way. If you're going to go all in and stay all in, you got to get in His ways, not your ways. And we were, Nicole mentioned in the class, we were read, uh, watching a video on uh, John Dowie. Yep, I know. And, and uh, man, it appears that this dude had anointing, I mean, just overflowing in him. I mean, big time. People getting healed like crazy, people coming to the Lord, very influential, very, um, uh, had an authority, not just in the world, but from heaven. Right, But there's some ways and some things in God and in the end and several times in his life he stepped outside of the ways of God and found problems. So it doesn't matter who you are. Their ways of God are the ways of God. And our job is not to create our own ways. Well, I know you said to go to church, Lord, but let's do it my way. I know you said to have a pastor and a shepherd, but I, I believe that I can hear from you myself. Yeah. I'll back off of that one. Seek godly counsel often. Use God's system in order. They're, they're in place for a reason. Seek godly counsel often. Humble yourself. You need his grace to go all in. And humility allows the grace of God that's so freely given to be poured out in your life. You need His grace. Yes. Recognize that your thinking is already off. Yeah. Why? Because the world and this flesh is deceptive. And it teaches you the wrong things. Recognize that I don't think like God yet, so obviously the answer to that is, I'm off. Yeah. Me too recognize it in humility, I'm already off. My thinking's off. So I don't have to figure out whether or not I'm wrong. I am. Yes. Well, praise God. You just be, get to the place where you can say, I'm wrong. And I'll do backflips up here. <laughs> like if you mean it with your heart, because that's one of the biggest things that people can't get through is they fight for what they think, and they don't think like God. So why fight for it? Because it's pride. Recognize that your thinking is already off. Ask yourself, what makes up the difference between you and Jesus? A lot. (laughs) If you look like Jesus and your thinking was spot on, would you not be seeing some awesome things? But you're not seeing some awesome things. There's a difference. (laughs) Jeff said, just a little one. Just a little one. Little. That's what we do to God. Lord, it's just a little thing. I'm not lying. Yeah. There's a difference between you and Jesus. What's making the difference? Leave the door open for your plans to change. Even plans that you think God gave you. Because you have a corrupted flesh and because there is a difference between you and God, there's some stuff you heard that you probably thought was God would swear to it in a court of law. Probably in front of Jesus. And he would say, uh-uh, that wasn't me. That was you. Leave the door open because if it is God, then it'll be God today, yesterday, and forever. And you don't have to worry about him giving you a different answer. So I can always leave the door open for Jesus for Jesus to say, that wasn't me. You might need to rearrange that. You know, like sometimes I say, we're almost done with the series. 
And then he says, no, you're not. And I'm like, oh, I thought I had it right. And he says, no, you missed it. That's okay. It's okay. I think we are done with this one, but I'm afraid to say it because then I'll be like, no. We are all subject to having our flesh influence what we think God said. We are all subject to that. Why? Because you have a flesh. Know that the Holy Spirit is going to ask you to change. Why? Because you don't look like Jesus. He's going to ask you to change because he's bringing you up through the body of Christ to look like the fullness of the stature of Christ. And if you're not the fullness of the stature of Christ, the Holy Spirit will be at work in you to bring change about to that fullness of the stature of Christ. Period. He's going to ask you to change. Don't fight it. Embrace it. There's three types of people. One who resists change, one who tolerates change, and one who embraces change. Be the kind that embraces change. Because growth without change is impossible. That's right. Don't fight it. Ask yourself often, why am I really doing this? Decide ahead of time what is right so that in the moment, emotion and temptation don't move you. So in other words, you want a mindset on the things of God? Figure out what you need to say. When you know that you come in front of your friends again and they ask you to do certain things, you know they're going to ask you to. Decide ahead of time. Decide in this moment what's right and what's wrong. Make the decision so that when you step up to that moment, you recognize, hey, here's the moment. I've already made the decision. Now when I feel the emotion and the pressure to do the wrong thing, I already know the decision and go right make the decision ahead of time so that emotion and temptation don't play a part in your action say yes to God quickly don't waste time on it say yes to him quickly again the question is am I living for myself or Jesus if I'm all in the answer is him now today, as we wrap up, I want to do something just a little bit different. I want us to play that music again, the last song, whatever it was. And I want to open up the altar. If you need prayer for something, if you want to come up here and say, you know what, I'm all in. Lord, count the cost of it. You don't have to have everything figured out to say I want to go all in. You just have to say I'm willing to change whatever you bring me to in the future. Amen. Okay? If you need to come talk with God, come talk with God. Get up here and talk with the Lord. If you need prayer, come see me and let's pray. I know I said I'd pray for a couple of people, but let's take this moment and let's not just ditch it to the side because it's you know, 1245. Here's your first sampling of are you going to go all in or not. It's 1245. Are you going to honor the moment? Are you going to honor the moment? Are you going to honor your flesh that says, I'm ready to go. If you need prayer, just raise your hand and I will lay hands on you and pray for you. Let's turn the music up just a touch. Lord, we just thank you. We give you glory. This is your day. And we are an all-in people for you. We need your touch. We can't go all-in by ourselves. It's not possible by ourselves. But through you, we can do all things. Lord, we just praise you. Lord, thank you for your anointing that breaks every yoke and every bondage in Jesus' name. Be free in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father, for your glory and your power to be all in for you. Right now, freedom be 
in the name of Jesus. Freedom be in Jesus' name. Your power and your glory in every way. Thank you, Father, for breaking everything that would hold us back, everything that would beset us, everything that would trip us up from running the race that you've called us to run. We are all in with you. Freedom and life be in whole new ways in the name of Jesus. Peace, yeah, peace be now in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. We just lose the grip of everything that would hold you out of all in with the Lord. And we bind up any power. And Lord, it is done. You are working with and confirming the word. Right now, freedom is visiting in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Healing be in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father.